This is something. That's fine. I mean, I can break through walls, I just can't. That's fine. I get this. Greetings, Starfighter. You have been recruited by the Star League to defend the frontier against Sur and the Kodan Armada. Yeah, yeah. Get ready for everlasting. I live there. I bought a house there. I'm gonna take you there! To boldly go where no man, no one has gone before. And remember, have fun with it! Hello, everybody. Hi. How are you? Welcome to Project Shadow. Yeah. I really hate starting these episodes like this. I really do. But there's so much going on right now. And for today's episode, I just wondered... Can, can we just talk? Seems like a weird thing to say because, you know, you can't really say no. Well, you can. You can stop listening and all that. But, yeah. I just want to talk. I've been trying to bring the podcast back for a while now. And it's been coming in fits and starts. And a lot of the problem is me. And what I mean by that is I've been spending a lot of time writing. I'm working on a new book and series. The book is called um, Dragon in the Snow. You can find it at ashdancer.com. I'm posting drafts, and I heavily emphasize drafts as each chapter gets finished because I decided to do that this time. And <laughs> I'm really enjoying some of the feedback that I've been getting on that. And it, it, this book has been just eating my life. And it's been eating my life in a very good way. In a very good way. I've been producing a lot of art. I've been writing like crazy. I've been writing backstory. I've been writing, you know, explainers. You know, the world has just been blossoming in a way that I've never really had a story develop before. And I'm really enjoying it. Now, you take that and you mix it with the fact that I'm not really a fan of the world right now. And it makes it really hard to do a podcast. And I've thought about doing a lot of different things, like maybe switching to a weekly podcast. And uh, in some ways, I kind of have done that. I've been averaging one of these every couple of weeks, but I don't like doing a weekly podcast. I like doing a daily podcast. It's a good way for me to kind of, you know, blow the cobwebs out of my brain and have a good conversation with you guys that often continues on social media. So when I take my breaks during the day, you know, we kind of talk about the stuff that we talked about on the podcast and it, it's been great. You know, I, I love that and I miss that. The, pro the problem is, I both don't have the time that I used to have to go through and find stories. And I don't have the interest in some ways. And a lot of that has to do with, I don't like the way the press has gone. There is a obnoxious hipsterism 
that has pervaded the, especially the sci-fi fandom media. And it's even worse in the non-fandom media when they talk about fandom stuff because they have to prove that they're just so cool and they're only talking about this uh, weird magic story because they have to. The only real exception to that is, you know, the Marvel movies, sometimes the Star Wars movies. And it gets really frustrating to read. And, you know, it's it's hard to explain how many sites I used to go through to put together show notes for the show. Because I really wanted to find the best information, the most information, and, you know... A lot of it was trying to keep myself up to date, and I just shared the stuff that I found with you guys, and we talked about it. (sighs) And so here we are. I'm not really doing that much anymore, and I'm not really doing it because the sites that I used to rely on and the tools that I used to rely on have not been providing the best stories, because Everyone wants to make money, and I get that. I want to make money. But everything doesn't have to be a crisis. Everything doesn't have to be worded in such hyperbolic ways. You know, when Fabulous Beasts and Where to Find Them came out, which was a great movie, I don't care what anybody else says, I loved it. It like brought tears to my eyes and made me smile through the entire movie. And... You know, you guys know I have very different criteria for judging a film than most people do. But I loved Fabulous Beasts. I loved it, I loved it, I loved it. And, of course, immediately you see headlines like, Why is J.K. Rowling dead set on destroying Harry Potter? You know, I saw people trying to relate it to the Star Wars prequels. And... I think those, well, we've talked about that a lot. I think those get a bad rap because people want to sound cooler than cool. You know, they've staked out positions that are the cool positions. And, you know, the fact that there are, there's at least one prequel movie, if not two prequel movies, that I think is better than The Force Awakens. That's not a popular position. And honestly, this may be because I'm 40 now, <laughs> but I don't want to fight about this stuff. It doesn't matter. It's like to, to, I don't know, maybe I'm just becoming the dude in older life, but it's like your opinion, man. And it is, it's an opinion and there's no reason to fight over opinions. There's enough to be worked up over in real life. Why go through all this hullabaloo over someone's opinion, man? And Rogue One was amazing, by the way. That's probably my second or third favorite Star Wars film. It's like really up there. I really, really, really enjoyed it. Um, But that is a topic maybe for another day. 
And I'm not pushing that off just because I want to have this other discussion with you guys, but I'm currently reading through the novelization, and it's pointing out some things that I either missed in the movie that I'm going to need to go look and see if they are in the movie or if they're just in the book. Some, some of the stuff's just in the book. But I wanted to finish that before I discussed Rogue One. I don't know. I think when I started this podcast... The goal was to have a place where we could just sit around and talk. And then somewhere along the way, it became something else. And I felt really trapped in that model. And I spent most of last year trying to bring back that model and not the podcast. And I think that's where my problems came in is that I was so fixated on, I used to give you guys this certain kind of show, and I have to continue doing that kind of show, and so I found myself at like 2, 3, 4 in the morning trying to go through news sites to find stuff so I would have stories to talk about on the next day's episode, and it became very wearing and tiring. So, what are we going to do? While I understand that this may lose me some listeners, I think those loyal listeners will stay with us. And if you're going to leave after this episode, I'm sorry. And I wish you'd stay along to see what this evolves into. Because I think what... I want to do with this podcast is kind of turn it more into the radio shows that I really, really enjoy where it's the host kind of talking and bringing up things that are important to them that day and see where this goes. I think that that's much more akin to what I would like to be doing and much more akin to where I am in my life right now. Because, like I said, I'm working on this book, and I'm loving it so much. And I'm trying to find ways to spread word about it and get people to know that I'm working on it. Because, I I don't know, there's something so different about it. And I don't necessarily mean that, like, I have found an entirely new kind of fantasy fiction or any of that crap. Because I think people that talk like that are deluding themselves and... You know, or just full of crap. But, you know, it, it's my relationship to it is very different from the stories that I've worked on in the past. You know, Liquid Sky was planned out, thought out, and the original version was worked on in conjunction with the company to get it to where it was. You know, after my breakup with them it became the book the four books that it is now you know shine was shine like thunder was a contest like nano had just started nanorimo national novel writing month it was you know kind of new and fresh and i thought it was interesting and i wanted to do it and I kind of had a rough idea of a story that I wanted to do and, you know, fight, fight, push, 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 you know, and, you know, shine happened 
and I really, I, I like it, but, you know, it came more out of, can I write a book like that? You know, I pitched Fates Harrow to a company, and they agreed to publish it, and I wrote it um, with them and for them, and again, it was just kind of an idea that I had that they liked, and it, I mean, that's the way most writing goes, you know, you have an idea, you pitch it to somebody, if, you know, they salute the flag, then you actually start working on the project. You know, and most of my work has been something kind of like that, you know. The idea that became, you know, the chain was, it was just a notion, you know. I was sitting around kind of talking with people. I had some weird ideas. I kind of toyed with them, played with them, you know, smushed it around and a book popped out. <laughs> you know, it just, you know, I didn't know what it was going to end up looking like and, you know. It was a fun experience to write, and it was one of the first times I had really written for me. And I had fully intended to start writing the sequel in that series. And, you know, I had set out to write for Nano this year. And that Halloween, I woke up from this weird dream and I just couldn't shake it and I couldn't let it go and I started poking it and prodding it and I spent all day Halloween kind of teasing at it um see what was there see if there was any there there because it just wouldn't let me go I, I couldn't get it out of my mind and I've never had that happen before at least not not in that same way and come midnight you know, we had some friends over, and I still couldn't get it, the idea out of my head. You know, it was just, it was stuck in there. And I excused myself and went back to my office, and I wrote the first couple thousand, you know, first thousand words. And then some. I think I wrote over a thousand words the first night. And I was amazed. It just flowed. It just popped out. It just, there it was. Story. Story, characters, everything. It was just, it was there. And, you know, I've continued working on it and it keeps opening itself and it keeps unveiling itself and it keeps drawing me in. It's like a siren song that's just eating my life right now in such a wonderful way that I look forward to getting up every day and finding out what what little thing are we going to do now? What little thing are we going to discuss now? What, where are we, you know? And I find that... A very different kind of challenge like this story really wants to be told and I I was talking to Brian about this yesterday I feel like I am writing fan fiction for my own story you know I spent yesterday I had this weird idea I haven't shared it on social media yet and um, I've been trying to figure out where and when I'm going to do it, my sister says I should turn it into a t-shirt. And I might do that. I've actually been thinking about that. But I was thinking about the main character in the book. I was thinking about Zoe. And I drew this picture of her. And it's a very stylized, somewhere between Victorian and Art Deco tribal piece of her. And I really, really liked it. And I sent it. I've only shown it to two people. I've shown it to Brian. And I've shown it to my sister. And... I really liked it. 
And I'm not saying that like as a pat on my own back, like it was a weird experience that it was like when I do fan art of Yoda or something, you know, it was, it felt more like I was doing fan work than I was creating something. And that, that's, what's been amazing to me about working on this project is, you know, everything that I've done up to this point, I could classify as work. You know, I was working. I had a story, I had deadlines, I had this, I had that, and I was working to get it done. I have created so much more art than I've actually posted online so far. I've written side stories, I've written um, little explainers, I've written fictitious historical documents for the setting, I've written um, just explainers of how magic works, how the setting works, the history of various nations and empires, and... I feel much more like I'm participating in the fandom of something that I like rather than writing something that's my own. And I know that sounds like a really weird thing to say, but I do. And I love this experience so much. And I'm not wanting to cut it short. I'm not wanting to curtail it. I'm not wanting to put it in a box. And you know, turn it back into the kind of business stuff that I had always, you know, traditionally done. So having said that, you know, it's probably going to continue to eat my time for a while now, you know, but I miss these podcasts. I miss talking to you guys. I miss the community that we had and I'm hoping we can have again. And so if it's all right with all of you, I'm going to turn these podcasts into more of a conversation and just kind of talk about whatever it is that's on my mind with the, ex hopefully, hopefully with the exception of politics, because that, that's the one thing that's made it really hard to move forward because, you know, I'm watching, you know, the future of my and my husband's rights teeter in the balance right now. And that is a very frightening place to live. Yeah. And I don't know. Maybe I'll talk about the restaurant some <laughs> every now and then. But, you know, hopefully you guys are okay with that. And we'll see what this evolves into. Because I miss, I, don't know, I miss what we had. I feel like I'm writing a letter to like a long lost friend, but I'm kind of in a way I am. So, first of all, let me know what you think. Go to projectshadow.com. Let me know what you think about that, and we will go on from there. So, what what is important to me right now? You know, what's going on right now? Like I said, I've been working on this book. I'm really enjoying it. The first couple chapters are up over at Write On and at Wattpad, and you can find a link to all of that at ashdancer.com. Um, I'm really, like, I can't overestimate how much I'm enjoying this work. And the fact that, you know, it's kind of steampunky, and I've been calling it steampunk because it really feels steampunk to me. I mean, all the 
I, I don't know if others who are really into the genre will agree with that in the end, but I really do feel like I found that steampunk story I've been wanting to write for such a long time. And I'm really excited about that. <laughs> it's really cool. And, you know, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to talk about how we want to do discussion about that. But the other thing that I just wanted to mention in brief on this podcast is um, we started watching uh, Troll Hunters on Netflix. And it is definitely a kid's show. I'm, I'm going to start with that. This isn't like um, the Last Airbender or um, Legend of Korra where it's kind of an all-ages show. It is, it, is, it is very, you know, very much intended to have a younger audience. Um, but, oh my goodness, Guillermo del Toro is involved in this project. And the voice cast has been astounding. I mean, just, I don't know. I, I've been laughing so hard. And I think one of the things that you have to talk about first when you talk about a show like this is, you know, the great tragedy of Anton Yelchin. Anton Yelchin, if you're not familiar with him, um, you're probably most familiar with him with he played Chekhov on the reboot Star Trek movies. Um, he unfortunately died in a freak break incident. His car ran over him when he went to get the mail. His own his own car crushed him, and it, he died. And it's 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 horrible. It's horrific, and it's sad. And I wasn't familiar with a lot of his work. And he does the voice of the lead character character Jim Lake Jr. in this um, series. And I, like I said, I was not familiar with you know his work much past Chekhov and you know I really liked him as Chekhov and the, the it is it's kind of a strange thing because this character is so amazing and he's so wonderful and you know part of my fear for the series is they are obviously going to have to recast him for the next you know block of episodes or maybe somewhere during the run of the series where we're only four episodes through. I don't know. I've not been able to find out if he had finished all of his voice work this season. Um, yeah, he's amazing. He's funny. He really captures the character. The, the basic gist of the story is, you know, Jim is just a regular boy in California and one day he's running late for school and he and his friend Toby decide to take a shortcut and on the shortcut they run into a pile of stones which unbeknownst to them is the remains of the previous troll hunter and this amulet calls out to Jim and Jim picks it up and the amulet much in the uh, fashion of the Green Lantern ring has chosen Jim to be the next troll hunter and so he then finds himself in this strange world where he is the defender of humanity and the good trolls against the uh, gum gums 
which are the bad evil trolls. And <laughs> I love saying that, the gum gums. Um, it has everything that you want from a Del Toro story, especially for kids. If you have young children and you want to introduce them to monsters, th this is a really good way to get them in because the good trolls are funny and they're entertaining and they're really, really, really enjoyable. And the bad trolls, oh, the bad trolls are amazing. And the main reason they're so amazing and just, oh, so, 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 so amazing is, uh, um, Blar, who is the main villain troll, the main bad troll that we have in the series so far is voiced by, of course, Ron Perlman, because, you know, it's a good Guillermo del Toro project. So of course we bring, you know, Ron Perlman in and Ron Perlman I mean, you guys know my love of all things Ron Perlman. He, his voice work is hilarious. It is scary when it needs to be scary. It is everything you want from a monster in this kind of a thing. You know, if you are an adult, no, the show is not going to be scary to you. If you're a kid, there are some scenes that might be a bit scary to you. But overall, it'll be kind of a funny, scary kind of a thing. Um... It is DreamWorks at its best. It really feels like it's in line with the How to Train Your Dragon um, kind of, you know, fantasy stories that they tell. Uh, Kelsey Grammer, who I've not seen do a lot here lately, um, is in the series as well. He is hilarious in here as well. And I hate to keep using those words, but, you know, I don't know, I don't know what else to call him. He plays uh, Blinky, who is the troll that is teaching Jim how to use his newfound powers. And Arg is uh, just, just too funny. Pacifist. <laughs> you have to watch the show. I, I could try to explain that to you. But it, it, it's a running gag in the show, and it's really funny. And to me, that's what I enjoy about this show the most, is if, you know, you're watching this, it is, it, it's, it's, yes, it's pure escapism. But it is funny, it is quirky, it has its own kind of voice, it's, it, it's building its own kind of world, and it, it will make you laugh. And if, like me, you need a place to laugh, if you need to just kind of let go and let be, definitely go check out this series. It's up on Netflix right now. Um, it's exclusive to them right now, as far as I understand. It's a Netflix original. It's one of the shows they made in partnership with DreamWorks. Um, part one is up right now. I don't know how many parts there are going to be in total. It's 26 episodes, each 23 minutes. So there, there, that's a pretty decent amount of content that hopefully we will get through before Voltron Season 2 happens. Because, oh my goodness, Voltron! If you have not watched the first season of the new DreamWorks Voltron, you have to watch it. You have to watch it. Because it's also DreamWorks production now. But beyond that, it's the entire group that did Legend of Korra moved over from Legend of Korra when that show ended to do Voltron. 
So if you liked Legend of Korra and you're not opposed to giant mechanical lions who turn into a, who merge into a giant sword wielding hero who saves the universe and saves the galaxy, eh, definitely, definitely check it out. But the, just to get back to Troll Hunters, like I said, we've watched the first four episodes, and the first two are kind of the pilot for the series. It's the Becoming Part 1 and 2. I highly recommend that you set, a, set aside 46 minutes to start the show, because you really... I was not sold on the first episode. The first episode kind of sets things up. The second episode kind of starts bringing it together. You know, and because it is two-parter... I, I highly recommend that you watch both of those together and then start deciding whether or not you want to continue because the, fir the first one's much more about Jim's life and his family and Arcadia and, you know, his, his school life. And it becomes much more troll hunter-y in part two of, you know, in episode two. So give it those two. They are really funny. Um, we're far out there, troll hunter is a very interesting sh it just um Jim is trying out for Romeo and Juliet and he has this problem that every time he gets stressed his troll hunter armor emerges around him around him and he is trying to figure out how to use that to his advantage and not get caught as the troll hunter cuz he can't let anybody know that he's the troll hunter and yeah it's it, you also get to see uh troll hearthstone troll market for the first time and yeah this is one of those places like if you remember your first experience of like Diagon Alley and stuff like that it really was a really cool place to see I can't wait for them to explore troll market more it, it, it it's a light-hearted show but it's worth it by the time you get to episode four and I don't know that you have to watch everything up to episode four episode four was the episode that sold it for me the episode is titled gnome your enemy and, <laughs> oh my, in this episode, we are introduced to, sorry, it's hard to, see, this is why you have to watch the show, it's hard to talk about it without even laughing. Okay, in this episode, Jim has to deal with one of his first actual tasks as Troll Hunter, which is he has to deal with rogue gnomes as part of his job as Troll Hunter, and, oh... Oh my goodness. Oh, I, I don't want to spoil this episode because it is a lot of sight gags and stuff like that. But I will never see gnomes the same way again. I'm hoping that, that DreamWorks does a series of toys for this and one of them is a gnome. I will definitely, definitely buy a uh, Troll Hunter gnome. It, it, it's too funny. It is just too funny and the jokes are some of the ones in this episode get a little bit more mature not in like a you know adult kind of way like a tvma kind of way but you know you can tell that you know jim is a teenager and this is a show that is kind of trying to be you know all ages but mainly trying to hit that teen market and some of the uh, this was the episode that sold me on the show. No Mere Enemy was just so good. It was so funny. 
it was everything that I wanted from the series. And I'm, it gives me hopes that I'm going to get a lot more of that as the show goes on. It, it, it yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's, it's too good. I, I, I want the gnome. I want the gnome. I want the gnome, which, yeah, I'm not going to spoil it, but they named the gnome at one point, And, uh, yeah, I, I, I will buy this gnome. I will buy plushies of this gnome. I will buy, hopefully, animated figures of this gnome that move. I will, yeah, yeah, yeah. I am a fan of the gnome. <laughs> it's, just, it's too funny. Anyway, that's something that we're watching right now. Uh, I do believe Shadowhunters just started up again, and we'll be checking that out soon. We're looking into watching that Beyond show that was put up by Freeform on everything. It's also up on Hulu. We watched the whole thing. So I might do that since it's up on Hulu and I can watch it all commercial free because that was the thing that was really bumming me out because I really don't like watching commercials. Commercials are the antithesis of good entertainment. But yeah, if you haven't seen Troll Hunters, definitely, definitely check out Troll Hunters. But yeah. I've gone a little bit long for this episode because, you know, I'm me. But hopefully I will, you know, hear from you guys and be back tomorrow with yet another episode of Project Shadow. Thank you guys so much for your support over the years. I mean, you are my ladies, gentlemen, and all genders in between. You have helped me more than you will ever, ever know. And I thank you so much for that. If you are new to the podcast and wow you made it all the way here i love you man woman whatever you are in between you're awesome um you can check me out at projectshadow.com you can check out my new book at ashdancer.com you can hit me up i'm ce dorset on most social media platforms i don't do snapchat because i find it boring but i do do an instagram story uh so you can hit me up over at instagram twitter um, Facebook. You can find links to all of this over at projectshadow.com. And don't forget to sign up for our mailing list because, you know, sometimes I give away things over there. Alrighty. You guys mean the world to me, and we will talk to you later. And whatever you do, don't forget to have the fun. Alright? Bye. <laughs>